Coming up on Verse, Chorus, Verse, Rachel, are you ready to play 10 Things I Hate About This Album? (laughs) That's that's next. Welcome to episode 81 of Verse Course Verse. I am DL. With me is Rachel, the lady killer polio. Rachel, how are you today? Uh, I'm so fucking tired. I want to die. I feel like you are the new Sven. <laughs> Every single episode you do the, I'm just tired. No, but this time I mean it. With the STEM camp that I've been helping run and recording this week and having a party and then recording again today and i'm just fucking exhausted well good news you get like three weeks off after today i don't want three weeks off can't please you either way can we (laughs) party what you are you partying tonight Uh, yep i have a friend throwing a welcome to idaho party for her boyfriend at my house because they have a great party house apparently with a nice deck do they listen to this at all yeah so just so they're clear i didn't hear it as a welcome to idaho party (laughs) I I heard it is called an ultimatum party. <laughs> if you all hear that, if the guy hears that, it was an ultimatum party. You were about to get kicked to the curb, my man. No, he's, yeah. <laughs> he knows. Rachel's face is really red right now, just so they know. How long had they been together? Uh, I think like four years and long distance for like three years. So That's a long kind time. Kind of a long time to be apart, so I can understand the ultimatum. How like, long of distance? The entire United States. New York City. Oh. Idaho. So. Okay. Yeah, that's That's a distance. I mean, once you get halfway, everything's a plane ride, but that's a that's Well, congrats, you kids. Um, <laughs> good luck to uh New York City to is it Idaho Falls? Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. It's really fun here. You we all know my thoughts on New York City and Idaho Falls. <laughs> <laughs> and Idaho Falls. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Rachel and I are doing a good old-fashioned album review today. It is the second one we have ever done. In the last one, I gave her Alt-J's Relaxer, Mm -hmm. and she gave me Hole. All in all, it was a very positive... I think we both had a lot of really good things to say about each other's albums. Yeah. I was very actually grateful to Rachel for giving me that because it made me relook at the, no pun intended, at the whole Courtney Love <laughs> scenario of the 90s. <laughs> and I've been studying a lot of Mark Lanigan lately too, which he had a really close relationship with Courtney Love. I've done a lot of Courtney Love soul searching this year. It's actually been kind of nice. I, I have a whole new view of her. And you very much liked Relax. I loved it. It was great. You have good taste in music. We're two for you two. You should start a musical podcast. See, the problem is, is that if I did that and then we gave each other more albums, it might not go as well <laughs> as those two. I gave you the album that I gave you this time as more of a, this is either going to go one of two ways <laughs> extremely. Why did you give me the album that you gave me? I just wanted to listen to it again and I was being selfish. That's as good a reason as yeah. any. It had been a while. I it was a big fan back in the day, probably been like 20 years. So yeah, that's what we're doing tonight. This will be the last album exchange this entire season, Aww. I believe. Evil and I are doing a very specific album exchange more towards the finale, but that has a little more to do with last season. It's not a just random albums. We've we already picked them. This will be the last old-fashioned review which you know for a year it's kind of weird considering how many we did last year kind of what the podcast was born doing yeah 
Well put, Rachel. Okay, uh, let's get to the most important part of the day. What are we drinking, <laughs> Rachel? What are you pre-funking with? I've got a mad tall water, but also I have in my cup. I see a Yeti. But wait. Oh, it's more margarita-y? So you say margarita-y, but I don't like a blended margarita. Oh, I don't either, but it's still... This is mango hard seltzer, a little bit of Malibu, some ice, and four Otter Pops. Oh, my God. So it's the exact same thing you drank for... Not Woodstock. What was the one we did before Woodstock? Grammys. Ah, that's what it was. Grammys. Yeah. This content, as usual, is gold. (laughs) How is your sugar drink? Wait, so Malibu is the only thing in that? No, Malibu and then uh, mango, nude mango hard seltzer. Wow. That is a lot of sugar. Even for you, that's a lot of sugar. Here's the thing. With the seltzers, there's like no sugar in there at all. But four otter pops and Malibu. Oh, well, that part has sugar in it. Yeah, just not the (laughs) seltzer. (laughs) I just wanted it to taste good. I have one drink that is not that much better. This is, um, I don't know what you'd call it, a ginger pink lemonade. Mm. It's two ounces vodka, one ounce orange liqueur, pink ginger beer, a little bit of simple syrup. That's it. It's really, really fucking good. What? It is a fantastic summer drink. What's the difference between regular ginger beer and pink ginger beer? It has more of a pink lemonade taste. Uh, like tart sweet. It's tweet. Tart sweet. And then I also have, we'll see how this goes and if I even drink the whole thing, but I also have absinthe. Oh, um, from the was, picture. <laughs> yeah, I was doing a, a cool picture for Instagram. And now I have a cup of absinthe at 1.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> so we'll see if I am going to shirk my responsibilities today or not. Have you had the chance, taken the time to listen to any new music this year that we haven't discussed on the pod? No, and I'm really frustrated because I keep going back to our mutual friend Mark had mentioned something about Imogen Heap's new stuff, and I haven't had it. Oh, I didn't know that existed. Let me make sure I have that right. You could be right. I seriously, my brain is not functioning. I do see a song as of 2022. I had no idea. That's a big deal. Good job, Frau Frau. Oh, you know what? We didn't mention the name because I just replied to his story because he had put put it on his story. And then I said, how is it? And he said, need to listen, blee, 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 do, do, do. Are you talking about Florence and the Machine? No. Regina Spector. Fuck me. Ah, that makes more sense. <laughs> oh, my brain. Well, just so everybody knows on accident, we just found that there is an Imogen Heap song as of 2000 that came out in 2022. So Fantastic. But the answer is no, basically. The answer is not recently, no. I haven't gotten any new stuff in my brain outside of what you've assigned to me well let's take a look you have you have seven weeks off not including the little vacation-y three weeks that we take before the finale so you have like 10 weeks off before the finale Mm -hmm. total i would advise you to listen to new music because there is so much you're gonna die if you don't start now (laughs) the more that i'm learning the more i'm seeing like overlap as far as like producers and and things like that And it's helping build like the web of knowledge. That is what we're doing tonight. I gave Rachel an album that I have liked since it came out. Did you know it at all? Besides one song? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I knew a a couple songs. Oh. I mean, there were a couple bangers that came off on that. But I I hadn't heard the whole thing by far. I thought it was literally only one song. He had a couple singles on it. Okay. And then she gave me one that she had obviously liked back when it came out. Pretty shortly after, yeah. So, okay. Well, actually, probably right around then, because I think Vincent gave it to me. 
And he didn't leave the house until 99. So gotcha. probably right after it came out. So we gave each other a couple albums that the other hadn't really given a chance. At least that's what I think. And we're going to talk about them when we're back after this break. We'll be right back. We are back this week. I gave Rachel The Lady Killer by C. Lo Green. Released November 5th in 2010 under Elektra label. Many, many a producer, including Salam Remy, uh, The Smeezingtons, Craig, Kalman, Element, Fraser Smith, Jack Splash, Ben Allen, Alan Glish, and there's like a couple more. Uh, lots of people reportedly took about three years to make this album very, very similar to how Thriller was built. It was mostly CeeLo and Kalman sifting through about 70 songs and choosing what tracks were going to make it. They really went old school at this. They went very 70s and 80s. This is how we make an album. There were a lot of leaked online things that didn't make the cut. We need to guess each other's favorite song on this album. I'll start. Okay, so the easy answer for you, the easy answer for everybody is fuck you. Because it's the right. catchiest, poppiest banger of the last 20 years. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the perfect pop song. But it's too easy. So I'm not going that route with you. I'm going right. not easy. And I do know from a previous review we did that I'm forgetting the name of that you're kind of, oh, I think it might have been Relaxer. It was. Because in Relaxer, you are a really big fan of Hit That Snare song. Hit Me With That Snare. Hit Me With That Snare. There is another song on here that is very 60s spy movie, go-go. I am going with your favorite song on this being Love Gun. Okay, that's a guess. Plus the girl that sings on it is amazing. Oh, she's Lauren fantastic. Bennett. Yeah, go ahead. I also wanted to choose fuck you for you but again since we are the same person i was like that's too easy mm -hmm. i chose bright lights bigger city because it has a 80s synth vibe and kind of very. billy jean hit to it so i thought oh it's very billy jean you just the bass wow i didn't even it's yeah so that, billy that jean. bass the, the intro the walking to it? bass through the whole thing with the synth yeah wow that is mm -hmm. very billy jean good call thanks that is good pick with that, I will give it over to Rachel for some first impressions on The Lady Killer. Like I said before, I'd heard, obviously, fuck you. I just kind of want to say it like that the whole time. Should we do a drink every time <laughs> someone says fuck you? I think. Take a drink. Yes. I was super impressed with this album, how hard it slapped and how good it was all the way through. Awesome. Like it was such a good album. The man's so talented. His voice control is so good. Yes. I really, really loved how he took soul and Motown, but modernized it. So it very likely introduced a whole new generation to an older style. Absolutely. And made it easily accessible. You know what I mean? I can't think of the word. Yeah, I all about. you have to do with our generation is throw some profanities in there and suddenly it's gold. I found the best. It was uh, giddily profane. <laughs> One of the quotes I saw about. Gleefully. I like that a lot. <laughs> the first thing I'll say about this is my introduction to this. I went over to a friend's house to get schmammered. What friend? Mike. 
I'll just bleep out the <laughs> last name just in case. But I had just kind of started the birth of a really, really ugly breakup. When I got there, like we were going. What's her name? <laughs> we were going to get loaded. <laughs> he was like, there's this song that's all over YouTube right now that is, I love it so much. And he put on Fuck You. And eventually I bought the whole album because I, that's just, I'm an album guy. Man, this was such a good breakup album. But yeah, that's the first time I heard Fuck You. Drink. We can get through talking about Fuck You Now. Drink. It was, it was the most popular song of the year, right? Oh, for sure. And you saw who wrote it too, right? Oh, Bruno helped, right? Yeah. That was the one that Bruno helped, right? And he must have been like 12 at the time, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't really look at the age on that because he's younger than us. You look at the people that helped write it. And this is my big thing about this album. Who was the group that won the Grammy last year? The Bruno Mars and the other guy doing like the whole 70s funk thing. Oh. Golden uh, Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, The Weeknd, this reemergence of Motown and 60s mm -hmm. soul and stuff. I really think that CeeLo had a massive part in that. Oh, for sure. Like I said, this made an old sound new to a bunch of people, but also all the people that had been studying Motown, James Brown, all that stuff. Mm -hmm had like an outlet and had him warming the waters for all these other people to do what they loved. Because obviously like Bruno Mars and there's a bunch of other people that came shortly after him that have a similar, very similar sound. Let's talk about Bright Lights, Big City. Can you yeah. think of a better song in the city at night and the windows are rolled down? Could you not mm -hmm. just bump the shit out of this? That's the thing. A lot of this album, which I... Because I actually did a very non-Rachel thing and just kind of put it on while I was driving because I was like, I don't have any fucking time to listen to shit. So I put it on during my three-minute drive back and forth to work and then just listened to like mm -hmm. a song <laughs> each time I got in the car. And it was great driving yeah. music. It slapped. I wanted to dance to it in my car. All of it was really, really, really good. It's, it's funny. I think everybody, obviously, this happens to that depending on where and how you're listening to an album is going to dictate how you like it. Mm -hmm. I thought of this. If she just sits down with the lyrics and, and studies this, I don't think she's going to like it because the lyrics are so chauvinist 60s simplistic yeah chauvinist is the wrong word, but it's classic and classic lyrics. You can't pull those off nowadays. Yeah. I want to believe that you're right. Even when I sat down with the lyrics and my computer, I still couldn't stop like tapping my foot to it because it's <laughs> so good. It rocks so hard. In this case, regardless of situation, I would have liked it either way. When you hand me albums next time, if you could just tell me the exact arena in which I should be, where I should listen to this album to make me love it, that would be ideal. But that's kind of the fun is just <laughs> having people figure it out for themselves. It's an interesting perspective too, to show up once and, and have an album that you're obsessed with and be like, God, uh, I just have a feeling she's going to love this. And you come here and be like, just shit all over it. This shit. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it even in spite of the hokiness of the lyrics? Or did you like that the lyrics were hokey and old-fashioned? Um, I think it, it worked. I didn't think that they were super amazing, but I think it definitely worked with the vibe he was going for. So I'm not mad at it at all. It's also one of those things that if you decide not to like it, you can make this album sound like an idiot. Oh, for sure. Hey, I love the nightlife. Yes, I do. It's so much fun. <laughs> if you want that to be a dumb lyric, it's a dumb yeah, lyric. Yeah, sure. You can make anything sound dumb, David. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hark. Who goes there?
Oh, fuck you. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> Salam Remy's presence in this album. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have necessarily noticed if I didn't know. Really? I don't think I'm that bright. This has so much. The only other artist that I could possibly compare to the Back to Black album, the only other album, mm-hmm. there is a lot of Amy Winehouse-ish stuff. So many people mirror other artists, I don't know that I necessarily would have drawn that conclusion because who's to say that that's the reason why as opposed to just being influenced by Amy Winehouse? Because I mean, both of them... I know a fairly good amount of not CeeLo Green, but his process. He's an unbelievably eccentric, unbelievably hardworking person. He's very... I made those comparisons with Thriller. He is a lot like Michael Jackson in his approach. He just locks himself in a studio for months and months and just combs over everything. Well, what was the amount of songs that he had? Like 70. 70 songs to put into this? He boiled it down to like 13 and a couple of them got pre-leaked so they didn't make it on the album or something like that. Yeah, it got put on, what was it called? Like scattered shots or something like that. He had a thing with Chocho from the B-52s on that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't shock me anymore. Side question. Yeah. Are you a Gnarls Barkley fan? I radio Gnarls Barkley, but yes. That was the most excited eyes to, I guess, <laughs> well, I've ever heard. I don't want to so... overshoot my fandom for Gnarls Barkley and then be like, yeah, the one song. <laughs> Without giving away your least favorite song in this album, anything that you were very, this one didn't do it for me or, or confused by or the sound wasn't, you weren't really feeling the sound. Um, I think it comes with writing 70 songs and then having that much to choose from. I feel like it was very well put together. There's nothing that stood out to me as as something that didn't really go. The song I picked was just because I didn't really love it, but not because I felt like it should not be on the album. I think there are two reasons why this album worked. Number one is how subdued he is. This is a CeeLo Green album, but he very much puts the songs in front of his talent. He's never trying to showcase his voice oh. or overly working things. He's he's so gentle and light with it when he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And there's like two parts where he really, really goes for it. But those call for that. Yeah. I am so impressed by his dynamics in this album and how subdued he is. I love it. I love it. That's the thing is his talent is so subtle, but so amazing. I mean, obviously, when you record an album, you record, record, record and take the best take. But his voice is so controlled. There are a couple parts where he kind of goes off, but it's not in like a a Mariah, I'm going to do this sort of run sort of way. Look at what I can do. Exactly. Because of that, there are songs like Wildflower. The musicality in Wildflower is so fucking spectacular. The consistent strings, the brass build, that Mm -hmm. single tremolo guitar that's going on in the background. He just finds his pocket and he just stays in it and lets the music do its thing. To me, there are a lot of songs like that on this that because of how much he cares about the song and how amazing the instruments playing behind him are, it's just Mm -hmm. incredible. It's so good. Cry Baby is another one like that. And I Want You. He's letting the backup vocals shine and he's letting the brass shine and he's letting the piano come through. And I don't think this album is flawless, but those songs are perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) David, how can I say anything more when you say it all? What about songs like Bodies, which is this very dark, unique... I know that Salam Remy did a lot of the music writing for that one, which is why it's so different to me. And it's got this very floaty feel to it. 
it always weirds me out on this album because of its placement. I actually, I didn't think about the placement because I feel like the album kind of calms down it does. as it goes towards the end. And maybe it could have been at least below Love Gun. Do you get bored with this album as it goes? <sighs> Definitely. I think so. Okay. I think if I was to change anything about that album, I feel like it got boring and bored. It's not the right words, but it got slower and didn't pick back up for me. I liked having the the Lady Killer bookends. Did you see who plays drums on the outro Lady Killer? No. Tommy Lee. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, isn't that hilarious? That's awesome. I laughed pretty hard when they saw that. I actually read through the liner notes, all 700,000 fucking musicians that are on this album. Jeez. There are so many people on this album. Lauren Bennett on Love Gun. Mm-hmm. Did you love it? Yeah. Are you okay with it? No, big fan. She is from like a girl group in Britain. Paradiso Girls. Paradiso. She's from Kent. Wow. I wouldn't have got that from her singing, which is amazing. And I love it. Love Gun used a sample from the old 77 Sunset Strip. It's fucking awesome. The show? I love it. I've yeah. It. It's one of my favorite sample steals I've heard. Ever? It's really, really, really cool. Better than MLK and Justin Bieber? Shout out to the Biebs. <laughs> takes a lot to stand up to there was a lot of repetition on this album yeah particularly satisfied is essentially mm-hmm. the exact same song as it's okay yeah i do kind of wish that this album was about two songs less there is one specific song that when it gets to this album i have a really really hard time staying focused is it your least favorite song yeah yeah it is rachel is your least favorite song the cover on this the cover no one's gonna love you oh a song by band of horses yes. which is a great band you said cover and i was thinking like the cover i was like fuck are you talking oh, like no. yes it is that is my least favorite song you're wrong you're so wrong i think it was fine the first time and i think it takes balls to be like hey you know that song that was made two years ago i'm gonna redo it because i didn't like it the first time you don't like pretty things that's not true. I think that song's I like beautiful. You. I think it's an it's amazing cover. Really well done. I love it when covers are very different than the originals. Sure. I love it. There are very few times where I'll say that I think the cover's better than the original, and I definitely prefer this cover over the original. Sorry, Band of Horses. I do like you. Sure you do. Yeah, I just didn't think it needed to be fixed. It was great. So you like the original. Uh, Did, had you heard the original? Yeah. Had you heard the Band of Horses yeah, yeah. version? Okay. And, you and I think it? that that's part of it. And we can kind of, with the next album, when I hear how a song is, whether it's the cover or it's the original, that in my brain is how the song is. And so if I hear a different version of it, I kind of am like, ooh. I get what you're saying. I think there's a difference between what CeeLo Green did. It completely changed the genre of the song and the feel. Right. And then there are other bands that try to do the other song a little too much and it just sounds like shit Uh we'll probably talk about one of those covers soon like in the next hour (laughs) (laughs) i think that's most of it we went through bodies wildflower we didn't talk about old-fashioned which my guess is going to be that i enjoy it's a great song it's classic it's amazingly produced but it is a pretty slow go for the end of an album so i'm guessing rachel you aren't a huge fan um you are entirely wrong that is in my awesome. top three, actually. What? what? You don't make any sense. Spoiler. No, that was great. And that one actually did. Maybe if I hadn't read about Salam ahead of time, I maybe would have. If I would have picked it up, I would have picked it up on that. Because that one did have a very similar back to black vibe. Extremely. Yeah, I completely agree. That is CeeLo Green's Lady Killer. We both enjoy. Good job, CeeLo Green and the mm-hmm. 300 people on this album. 
I love that he put every single person in the liner notes for right. this album. I love that so much. Credited every other writer. I don't know CeeLo Green. Maybe he's a jerk. I don't know. But I mean, he's... You don't know him? Well, he's eccentric enough to where he could be a jerk, but yeah. who knows? Let's do some... Awards and categories? Thank you. Rewards and... I'm drinking absinthe. The Green Fairy... Oh, you started on the absinthe. The Green Fairy is flirting pretty hard right now. (laughs) Let's start with the David Crosby Meh Award. I've got one for each album this time, and this is by Carol Andrews, and boy, do I love it, especially since my grandma's name is Carol, and I could see this review coming from her. (laughs) I ordered this album because of the music from a song I thought I liked. Fuck you, right? It's got to be fuck you she's talking about. It's forget you. You're on to her. (laughs) (laughs) I know, Carol. I I found, however, that the song's words were awful and not to my taste. Other people may like this type of profanity, but it was not for me. I do not find Amazon at fault. They gave me what I ordered. I just did not listen to the words before ordering. My fault. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you didn't blame Amazon. It's just funny because you'd think that you would see, oh, I want to know the album that that song is on. And then you would think you would go search for the album and you would see... Wait, why does it say fuck you? No, you wouldn't. You'd just be like, oh, forget you. It's on this album. Okay, let's me or- I'm going to order that album. You wouldn't look at the track listing. You wouldn't? No, not necessarily. Rachel, what's your DMX award? Like, we kind of already talked about it. It's just a modern take on a very classic style. If you can think of a better one, tell me now. People listening, write me. Wait, no. Amy Winehouse. I was going to say that this was kind of the opening salvo for the Bruno Mars and The Weeknd yeah. and all these go-go doo-wop style things to come back out but Amy. when did uh, back to black come out 2007 07 in the states yeah yeah corrected myself never mind writers if you can think of anything pre-winehouse let us know rachel overrated underrated properly rated in its time it won a bunch of grammys and it was nominated for a bunch of grammys the album or fuck you well let's get this exactly correct actually I, should have, I knew I should have written all of the details down to this. I mean, we call you stats. You're about to get fired from that yeah. nickname. Oh. Didn't win sh- it didn't win anything. Nominated for Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Album. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Because I just said it didn't win anything. Unfortunately, I very quickly Googled the Lady Killer, clicked on the first Wikipedia, and the thing that didn't win the awards was Tom Hanks's movie, The Lady Killers. So Really? Tom Hanks? <laughs> yeah disappointed (laughs) nominated for a grammy award for best pop vocal album didn't win that one the song fool for you won grammy award for best traditional r&b wow uh performance and best r&b song fuck you won the grammy for best urban alternative performance and it was nominated for record of the year and song there's a fucking award called urban alternative that is not an award anymore (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) you know i read that they stopped doing it in 2011. It was 2003, oh, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> oh. In its time, very appreciated, at least by the Grammys. And then Gwyneth Paltrow did a cover and I was like, there. Of what? I'm pretty sure it was at the Grammys. I should have looked this up. Why do people let Gwyneth Paltrow be a thing? I don't. Rachel, are you a gooper? No, 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 no. Uh, she sang at the, yeah, 2011 Grammys with CeeLo. Why would CeeLo Green... Okay, we we can't do this. She, I don't understand that. CeeLo Green is, he's always seemed like such a, an, an eccentric musician's musician of, I saw an interview with him once and they were asking him about a song that he had done in the past and he was like, no, that wasn't good. 
I should have done it like this. And that's how we're going to say about this. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious and awesome. Well, you know, it's it goes back to the how they shove random ass people together all the time. We should see if we can find an interview of him bitching about having to do <laughs> shit with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. She had just come off of a movie called Country Strong, if you remember, where she sang in it. That was in 2010. No, Gwyneth Paltrow's level of interest for me was seven and the game way the fuck up here high as you can be mm. and then something happened after that and plummeted and then goop and now she's human garbage essentially <laughs> selling like vagina balls for seven thousand dollars or whatever i thought they it was are. a vagina candle there you go I think it's a whatever candle. and i think it's 70 bucks you think like you don't own one yeah here's oh, the no thing. i think it's a candle and i think it's 78.89 <laughs> and i think it really doesn't work that well no i don't <laughs> spend more than 10 bucks on a candle what about now properly rated in its time currently i would say i have since forgotten about this album until you gave it to me and so i don't know that people look back on it and appreciate it like it probably should be appreciated i agree i think in its time fuck you was everywhere i didn't realize there were more singles so i was kind of thought it was a little bit underrated because i figured it was the type of album that they would be like wait fuck you is a whole album i thought it was just a single but apparently it was more popular than I thought it was. Currently, it's very underrated. It was a flash in the pan. I don't think anybody talks about it anymore. I don't ever see Instagrams of mm-hmm. vinyls of it or anything. And I love it. I think it should be played. Influences and influencees. This one's pretty easy to me. Yeah. Uh, anything doo-wop, Motown. Mm-hmm. Soul, and, James uh, Brown. Influences are all the things that have come out since. The Bruno Mars and Bruno and all the... It, Bruno Mars and Bruno? Bruno Mars. Keeps yeah. winning Grammys. I, that's exactly what I have written down. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Are we counting Gnarls Barkley? That's my question. Um, no, I didn't in my evaluation of it. Then I don't know because I've on- this is the only CeeLo Green album I ever heard. So I listened to a little bit of his very first one was not as pretty. Kind of hurt my ears a little bit. This one seemed to be out of what I listened to. This is definitely the cleanest, the best produced and the most thoughtful album. And so in that way, I thought it was the best. Yeah. If I were to take a guess from how much work he put in this album, this was his big one. This was him like saying, this is going to be my perfect magnum Mm -hmm. opus. He's good. John Paul Jones Award. I thought Aretha like adding a good, powerful, soulful woman to it. And maybe she's too good and too strong. I think so. A nice, soulful, strong voice. And that was the first person that popped in my head. I mean, Aretha takes over anything she touches. Yeah, not, that's the thing. Um, not, not that she shouldn't, mm-hmm. but that takes away from the whole, like what I was talking about, where it's about the song, not the, right. not the talent. Well, and another thought was in the vein of Grammy duets to put Amy on something. Was she alive? In 2010? No. We talked- oh, well, no, she died in 2011. 12, but- right? 11. We should know about this. We studied it for fucking a month. My John Paul Jones Award is actually takeaway Carenza Peacock, a second chair violin in the orchestra. I mean, you couldn't have gotten anybody better than that. CeeLo Green. You know, I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I don't... Who the fuck... Why would you take (laughs) anybody away from this? I love how many people were involved. And Carenza Peacock, if you're listening to this, I'm absolutely kidding. You fucking slayed it. Shredding the violin. Teach Him Young Award. Fuck Fuck you. you. My daughter has free reign in my living room only that if a song is on... She's allowed to swear when she's singing. Luckily for <laughs> me, she does not like to swear. She gets mad when people swear, which I I like that. 
I'm fine with that. That's adorable. But man, she does like fuck you. She doesn't sing it, but she sure as hell likes it. <laughs> Would you let your kid listen to fuck you? I mean, he hears me swear enough. It's fine. This John Prine Best Lyric Award. The obvious one, but I'm still going to vote for it, is I see you driving around town with a girl I love and I'm like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this was a breakup album for me. It was a really, really bad breakup too. And it, people that know me know that I'm not a bad breakup type of guy. So this was like the bad one. Those lyrics in that song. I also, the song I Want You, he's just so in love with somebody And he's just wanting, when you are that in love with somebody, everything, you just want to be fresh and new. And I love the lyric, anything you've already done just won't do. I love the thought of, Mm. we need to do something that neither of us have ever done together. Butt stuff. Oh, sorry, I I just, that was the first. (laughs) Jesus, Rachel. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's your favorite lyric? Is it warm in here? Um... (laughs) My favorite lyric, I really focused on Fuck You. That song, there's so much about it that was just so clever. Mm-hmm. The creativity it took to make it radio playable um, and still make it very entertaining. I feel like a lot of songs, they just bleep stuff out instead of changing the words to it. But still to be able to find uh, rhymable words for everything. Doesn't it bug you to listen to, like, do you listen to the Forget You version? That doesn't bug the shit out of you? Um, That's the first one I had ever heard. Um, oh god and so no it doesn't really bug me that much but again like she's a gold digger just thought you should know better no but just all the the rhyming there and then guess the change in my pocket wasn't enough because it's just such a visceral lyric that really puts you there and makes you sad for the coins that he has in his pocket rachel what is the eddie van halen award i put the opening run on fool for you it was really, really short, but it was really, really good. That piano with the jazz style drums, very, very beautiful. You're right. And then when it kicks into the more hard funk style, that, 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 yeah. Love that. Good job. Mm-hmm. I have two. When he does the breakdown and fuck you, he's like <laughs> scream crying the thing. Uh, but yeah. Lauren Bennett. In Love Gun, it's towards the end, the bridge of the he's a hunter, now I see, wonder how long he's been watching. There's just something about that part, that change, that gives me chills every time Mm. I listen to it. I fucking love it. Surfer Rosa Award. Taking so long to make and having so many fucking writers, this album is surprisingly coherent. Cohesive? Cohesive. Thank you. Why did I write coherent? This is why you have to just pay attention and not go off your, uh, what's the thing called when you're reading the fuck you, San Diego? Teleprompter. Teleprompter? Yeah. Um, (laughs) what's the fuck you san diego called but you knew what i was talking about i did um (laughs) i do think that there is a portion four fifths through this where it's a struggle for a couple songs yeah and i think you probably agree we're the same time of your life award rachel no one's gonna love you i just liked it better for so disagree with that sorry so much bodies is my least favorite that's fair i love how different it is but in this sea of just these really awesome doo-wop funk 60s things, then all of a sudden it just pulls you down. It really loses me. I will go first on the three best songs of the album. Rachel chose for me... Bright Lights, Big City. Bright Lights, Big City, which is not on my top list. That is wrong. Um, 
great starter track, but that speaks to how good this album is. Honorable mention is No One's Gonna Love You. It's a cover, so I'm not putting it in my top three, but I fucking love that song. And it is probably, for me, the most played song off this album. My number three is Love Gun. I've talked about it a lot. Uh, Number two is Fuck You. It's one of the catchiest things that ever catched. And my number one is I Want You. I Want You is... This is the song to me that there's no forced anything. Everything just blends perfectly together. Every single part from the brass to the strings to the piano to the backup vocals. The song is fucking amazing. Rachel, what are your three favorites? What did you have for number three? Uh, Love Gun. Okay. So my number three was Old Fashioned. Great song. It just echoed doo-wop so perfectly and his voice sounds like warm butter rolling down a bread roll. Uh, My second song, Fuck You. My first song, I Want You. Wow. We are not alike, but we are very alike. Indeed. Rachel, who won the album? Everybody that came after him. We said, you know, maybe he started this whole Motown thing and then remembered, just kidding, Amy did. I think that as far as male singers that came after him, Bruno Mars is looking up to to him. He's not looking up to Amy necessarily. So I think that all the younger uh, men that chose to do Motown, do up soul and bring that back. Um, I think they're the ones that won. I don't want to say this the way I'm going to say it, but to me, the, and I'm using air quotes here, little people won this album. The orca David James. <laughs> no, I'm not, not because CeeLo Green's short. No, I'm talking about the backup singers, the orchestra, the brass, the random session musician that comes in and plays fucking bass on this one song, excluding Tommy Lee. Those are the winners of this Tommy album. Tommy Lee got big this- after this. <laughs> It really helped his career out. (laughs) Just a shit ton of brilliant musical minds making beautiful things on this. And it's very impressive. Rachel, what did you rate this album? Um, I rated this album 8 out of 10. It was pretty close to awesome. Like you said, maybe a couple songs too long. There was so much that was so good about it. I thought a very strong B seemed very fair. I usually struggle with ratings. takes me a long time to figure out what I'm going to rate an album. I don't know why. But I immediately strongly decided this was an 8 out of 10. So I gave it 8 out of 10 T-Rex arms. This is a uh, this is a very 8 out of 10. Even though it's not a 10 out of 10, I would recommend this to anybody. If you want a newer, great, soul, doo-wop sort of album, and you haven't heard this whole thing, not just fuck you, listen to it. It's fucking great. I'm going to play a game with you really fast. It's called... How tall is CeeLo Green? My guess was five foot four. Because I was like, he's probably my, my height. I was going to say five six. He's five seven. I mean. I assumed he was that's short. Bruno Mars is like five five. Jesus, are you kidding me? He always wears a hat and he always wears lifts. So he always looks like he's like five Why are, nine. You know what's really weird is soul dudes are so short all the time. And rocker that? dudes are so tall. It's so weird. Machine Gun Kelly. I don't understand. Did you just call Machine Gun Kelly a rocker dude? <laughs> Everyone, I hope you enjoy Rachel's year stint <laughs> on Verse Chorus Verse. Um, we got one more album to do. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We are back. 
the album I gave David this week was Save Ferris, It Means Everything. Released in 1997 by Epic Records. It was the first album released by Save Ferris and it earned them a space at the 1998 Warp Tour. It sure did. Also, their music has been used in such movies as The Big Hit with Mark Wahlberg and Thomas and the Magic Railroad as well as in the TV series, Seventh Heaven. Say Ferris, everyone. You skipped across the movie they were actually in. Oh, they were in uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. That's true. They were in that movie. Shout out to my opening salvo of the whole episode. Come on, Rachel. (gasps) Produced by Peter Collins, who I have a very complicated relationship with. He's done amazing things like Queensryche and Suicidal Tendencies and the Brian Setzer Orchestra. He's also done shit like Bon Jovi and certain Cardigan albums and certain Air Supply albums. But he's a massive, 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 massive producer. So it was very obvious to me that at the time, Epic Records was like, hey, this needs to be our ska band. And we need the best producer that we can get. Because this guy's done Rush. He's done, he's done everything. They got him, brought him in to uh, do this. I think it also makes sense because he did work a lot with Brian Setzer Orchestra, which this has a lot of Brian Setzer Orchestra style. Sure. Why did you give me this album? Because you wanted to listen to it again. Because I wanted to listen to it again. I didn't know if this was ever your vibe or ever anything that you had listened to before. So I thought a deep dive into it would be fun. Interesting story. And you should probably remember this, but back in high school, I was a bit of a drama nerd for a while. I got hugely into ska and old 20s flapper music. I got way more nerdier, as you could probably guess, into the music than everybody else did. I can see that. New school swing, ska. It was very, very, very much my vibe for about two years. I did not know that. So had you heard this? No. I knew who Save Ferris was. Well, that's good. I had not heard this. Okay. I would categorize this as bubblegum ska. Oh, for sure. Very tight band, very attractive lead singer, catchy three-minute ditties, Mm -hmm. bada bing, bada boom. I think because of that... You hated it. I am not a fan. Before we get into anything, Rachel, what is my favorite song on this album? I think your favorite song is... Nobody But Me. Interesting. Okay. I think your favorite song is Little Differences, which she's having to look it up. So I'm guessing no, I that's was looking definitely at w- not it. Where it lied. So I was originally going to say, come on, Eileen. But you said something in our last review that made me think, well, it's not come on, Eileen. Listening back on this album, Rachel, still love it? Uh, yes. This is an album that I... My brother gave it to me or told me about it, but I remember having my own personal copy of this CD, listening to it over and over and over and over again, back to front. Even though I hadn't heard it in an embarrassingly long period of time, I found myself singing every word to every song. So I loved going over this album and revisiting all the memories. Monique Powell is the front woman, amazing front woman, tons of charisma, Mm -hmm. great voice, super confident, such a perfect ska band front person. Yeah. I will say that. I honestly think the reason that you like this band is because they were in 10 Things I Hate About You. That is not it. It's because I hero worshipped my brother in high school and (laughs) I think this is where our music tastes overlapped. Did he like this or think you would like it? Probably both. He had a lot of harder punk, no effects and sex pistols and where I was into that 
this was a lot lighter and easier to listen to. And I think made my parents a little less upset when it was getting blasted. I like it. So, yeah. Uh, before I turn this review into what I'm about to turn it into, I do want to <laughs> say one thing that I loved. It was a, a review that I read and it's true. And because of that, I don't hate this album. There's no hate in there. This album is unapologetically happy to be here and glad that you're listening. Yeah. I love that. That is a great quote. Mm -hmm. And with that, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go song by song. <laughs> and I'm going to give a thought. And then I might just tell you, hey, here's a different song that's very similar that maybe you should listen to instead. <laughs> okay. Keep in mind, Rachel, that I love you. The World is New, opening track. Great opening track. Happy poppy. Look, we're here. Kabam. Brass for days. Brass uh, for days. Yeah, it's a good welcome into this album song. Get you pumped. Mm -hmm. What should I listen to instead, Dave? Super Rad by the Aquabats. Go listen to that. Oh, okay. Banger of an opening track. The musicianship is just unbelievable. Drums kicking it. It's fun. It's funny. Go check that one out. Nobody But Me, a.k.a. The World Is New Part 2. This is the exact same song as the first one. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty similar. I think this one highlights Monique Powell's vocal control. She's so powerful in all the songs, but this one she has a little bit of a, another kind of not a run because there's not that many notes in it. But just the power she has while changing notes is, it's really impressive. Yeah. I like this better than The World Is New. I think it's a better song, even though the they're extremely song, similar. Very fun song. A woman singing about being alone, not being alone. Stupid boys. Just go listen to Spiderwebs by No Doubt. Very, very similar. Very, very same sound just earlier, uh, which I do think, and I'm not complaining, but this harks to a huge influence, I think, on this band. Oh, uh, sure. This yeah. is very No Doubt. Mm -hmm. early no doubt super spy what are your thoughts on super spy i feel like my feelings are gonna get hurt the more we go through this album look okay here's the thing i am very much a positive guy this year i know i have the reputation of the negative dude but if you listen back to our episodes i'm an extremely positive person this year this is the first time that i was actually like and i even texted jimmy i feel bad because i'm about to rip this fucking thing apart <laughs> Okay, Super Spy. This actually was a song that I really, really loved in high school because of the harmony parts. Mm -hmm. It just had a really easy harmony and used it kind of to teach me how to find harmony parts when I was listening to the radio. Oh, interesting. And so this one I actually have a really positive memory with. So how do you want to shit on it? Go on. This is, uh, you know, big band, cool daddy-o type stuff about a stalker. And I think it's about, you think this is about a stalker? I think it's about a stalker. Uh, yeah. You know what you should check out instead? Yeah, I'll be watching you. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's Mr. Stripe Suit. Oh. It's a much more put together, old school swing. Come on, Eileen. Let's talk about the cover on this album. Before we go anywhere on this, and this stands for the whole album, but it sticks out here. The clean guitar sound on this album is great. Anytime any effect, any distortion is added to the guitar on this album, it sounds so bad. They have terrible guitar sound, and it makes me mad. And it is very, 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 very obvious in Come On Eileen. Rachel, what did you think about this cover? Well, 
of it. Do you? I do. This was the first introduction to this song. I hadn't heard. I don't know that I had heard the old one. You fucking tricked me. Uh, no, I know. I didn't. Because remember when I said, if I hear one version first, then I usually think that that's the right version. And who this is- in God's green earth would think that somebody would hear, say, Ferris's version of Come On Eileen first? Sorry. Remember when I hadn't seen Psycho until last year? That's how. Well, shit. That was going to be my pick for your favorite song. Good. I guess that's karma for me shitting on this album so much. It tries to be so much like the original and it falls short in every single way. Are you looking for a good 80s cover that is complete ska? Go check out Take On Me by Real Big Fish. Mm -hmm. That's fucking amazing. Goodbye, a song about men wanting to take over the world, which, hey, I get that. I respect that. I'm so sad. I didn't know this was going to go Look, this I bad. mean, Rachel, you've shat on albums that I liked before, and it hurts my feels okay. so much. I love I you. I know how I, it is, but this was going to happen at some point, right? I did not right? know that you would go through every song on the album and then say, this song is shit. Listen to this instead. I am very aware of how terrible this is. Trust me. I lost time good. thinking about this, I promise. But I still, I have to do it. It's good content. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. I never want to see you again. (laughs) Goodbye. I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. I think you were pretty close to quitting anyway after our last episode. So These lyrics really speak to me at where I'm at in life right now. Because you're an asshole. Okay, but I have a newsflash for uh, uh, Monique. It's not just dudes that want to be fucking millionaires. Okay. Everybody wants to be a fucking millionaire and have power. Rachel, I don't think you understand how much fucking hate mail I'm going to get for this episode. You're not. I am. The last two episodes, I'm going to get a lot of fucking hate mail. What was the last? I for guarantee Woodstock? you. Yes. Oh, no, that's going to be fine. I, don't, I think you're overthinking that. <laughs> so goodbye. Uh, <laughs> do you need a chill, cool song for the daddios? You know what you should listen to? You should listen to the Stray Cat Strut by the Stray Cats. Man, that's a good fucking song. Mm-hmm. This is the song I'm dedicating to you. Sorry, my friend. <laughs> Uh, Rachel, do you like this song? I like all the songs, David. I don't know. All the songs are great. I don't know. No, I do. I think this album is 10 out of 10. I like it. I don't think it's 10 out of 10, but I do like this song. So we just talked about CeeLo and how all the songs were very similar, but it did kind of slow down towards the end. Yeah. Because this is ska, all of it is peppy and great. And so all of it sounds very similar. It's very weird how, and I'm I'm being sincere here, whether you like an album or not will dictate whether your brain has decided to like it will dictate whether that's a terrible thing or a great thing. Songs being similar. Yeah. And I'm calling myself out on this. I talked about this in the CeeLo Green album purposely because there are songs that are so similar to each other and I love all of them. Right. And in this one, I see that as a negative. All these fucking songs sound the fucking same. Mm -hmm. Do you need some guitar and bass driven ska-like pump up music? You should check out Here in Your Bedroom by Goldfinger. That is an amazing song. The song Lies. Great backup vocals in the song Lies. I think? Yeah. Okay. My biggest complaint about this is the backup vocals in this in this, <laughs> is it in this album is Justin Lin. I just don't really care for him. Okay. Modi Powell is so good that I want someone she is. on her level, and I don't think he is. I like the backup vocals. I like the effects on the brass, too, in this. I thought that was really cool. Sure, yeah. But I do feel like if you need a mellow, reggae-driven <laughs> ska, you should just listen to Don't Push by Sublime. That is a fantastic song. Little Difference. This was the song that I said was your favorite. Little Difference. It's not my favorite song. Wait, did I guess? 
What did I guess for you? Nobody but me. No, Little Differences is not my favorite song, but it's good. I think it's a good bass-driven pop banger. It's got a good build. Mm-hmm. Almost on the level that Sex Laws by Beck is. <laughs> if, you, if you need a good bass-driven brass pop banger that's going to build, you got to check out Sex Laws by Beck. Spam. This song is fantastic. <laughs> it's clever. It's fun. It has good rhymes, great lyrics, and it encourages people to eat spam. It doesn't. A lovely Hawaiian product. It doesn't encourage people. It's like, I was poor, spam was gross and came out of a blue can. I was poor and we had this great food. That's it's not delicious. what it was. It's so versatile. That's not what it was. And I find it insulting because I, do, I was poor and I did eat spam and I do like it. God damn it. Spam was expensive. Yeah, but it lasted forever. Here's the thing. I didn't have spam because it was expensive. So what does that make me? Extra poor. Because I do remember mentioning it to my dad because I said, what is this? And he said, oh, it's great. It's this stuff. And you can just cut it up and fry it and blah, blah, blah. It's great. So he knew what it was. But also he grew up very wealthy. They were above spam and we were below spam. So it was kind of a... Uh, look, I don't like the song. I don't give a shit. I don't even have a comp. Just listen to something better. You know what an amazing song is, is Put a Lid on It by the Squirrel Nut Zippers, which coming out of this genre, I think we're by far the best band to come out of this whole resurgence of 20s style music. Under 21, very Quirky, upbeat, silly. Yeah. I remember loving this song when I was a teenager and then re-listening to it now and knowing that she seduced some older man when she was underage to get into a club. It's a little disturbing to listen to. Yeah. It seems like a song that as a whatever teen year old who you think is so edgy and funny and cool. Mm-hmm. Do you need a different quirky, upbeat ska song that's also silly? You should try out A Message to You, Rudy by The Specials. That is a fantastic song and we are almost done building a playlist we have one more left to do everything (laughs) i want to be which is a song about how hard it is to deal with the haters this is not uh one of my favorite songs actually i want to say it was my least favorite it was my least favorite i had to pick something yeah if i could drop anyone from the album it'd be this guy anyway a song about how hard it is to deal with the haters let's throw rachel a bone and add Shake It Off to yes. the end of the playlist. <laughs> I like how it's so, ska, ska, T-Swift. That's how I feel about this album. Save Ferris is... It means everything. Every, it means everything. I honestly just think there are so many other projects, this genre, that are way better. And this just so f- much feels like a labels project, forced fed, what was popular at the time. I don't know if you read very much Into the Band. They won their contract with Epic Records. They got like a special Grammy award, a Grammy showcase award for best unsigned band. Um, And with that, they got a contract with Epic Records. That's very cool. Looking at their numbers and stuff, they did well for a while. Yeah. I remember the band Save Ferris. I remember fucking great band name, by the way. I've always known that there was the band Save Ferris, just never really gave it a shot. And Maybe if I would have listened to this in 97. You wouldn't have been such a snob. Exactly. Let's do awards. awards. (laughs) (laughs) I have one out of five stars by Ryan Cobbs. Fucking Ryan didn't like this album at all. Is that your pen name? And and this is just a shitty review because it's not a review. Uh, Well, now I know why they only have one album. They don't. They have three. Not Exactly. Every song sounds the same. 
save your money, just buy the one or two songs you came for. What year was that review? When can you buy one or two? 2012. He had 15 years to check out if they made another album or not. They put another one out in like 98. They had three or four albums at this point. I remember being very confused. Yeah, Modified was in 99. Ryan's the idiot. Ryan's the idiot. DMX Award. The only thing to me that I'm not saying it's not a big deal that makes this unique, all the other stuff that was coming out at the same time with the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies and the Cherry Pop and Daddies and all those people, this had a female lead singer. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The only other uh, similar taste was um, China Forbes. Jesus, I forgot about Nice poll. Thank you. Yeah, Pink Martini. But um, you like Pink Martini, don't I you? I love Pink Martini. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. In its time, it was overrated. I think in its time, all this stuff was overrated as it's proven to be much like new metal. Mm-hmm. Currently, I mean, nobody talks about Save Ferris, so I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not underrated or overrated. It's. I feel like it was underrated a little bit in its time. There's not a lot okay. of that ska vibe with a female. Um, as far as now, it's completely fallen off of everybody's radar, I'm sure. Yeah. Quote from the great Tom Haverford, I thought <laughs> we as a culture agreed to forget the year that everyone was into swing. <laughs> Influences and influencees. Influences to me are very, very obvious. I think No Doubt is a huge mm-hmm. one. I think The Clash. I think The Specials is a huge one. I don't know who I could think of that they influenced outside of just a bunch of teenage girls being like, I could be the lead singer of a band now. Influences... Everything ska that came before them, Real Big Fish. And actually, Monique did a Real Big Fish. She has a girlfriend now. She was the female vocalist on that. That's right. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Yes. This is definitely the best. Checkered Past is a new one. It sounds cleaner. It sounds better produced. How new? 2017. She is the only person on it from the original band. Wow. John Paul Jones Award, Rachel. Uh, Justin Lin, the backup vocals. Get rid of them. (laughs) Adrian Nolf. It's not Justin Lin? It wasn't. It, Justin Lin's the new guy. Adrian Nolf is the old guy. I would knock him off. Rachel. Shit. And then put in Aaron Bennett from Real Big Fish because their vocals together sound so much better. I will preface this by saying they don't need a John Paul Jones award. I think this album was exactly what was intended. I think it came out. It was popular. It was fun for the time. That said, if this wanted to be a lasting classic, I think they needed a different producer. They needed somebody that was going to be a little bit more dirty with the jazz swing, like more jazz swing grit. Okay. They needed like a Brian Paulson or a Jerry Wexler or somebody like that. This album is so polished, clean and compressed and pretty Mm -hmm. i think if you are a band like that you need some grit teach them young she got Uh, come on eileen no yes rachel david it's just the best song okay let me ask this then would you show them the midnight the who absinthe would you show (laughs) them the midnight runners version first and then be like you know what's great listen to this on this album by Save Ferris. No, I would say, hey, you want to hear Save Ferris? Oh, I said nobody but me. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a good song. It really is. As much as I shat on this album, that's the thing. This album isn't bad. I'm not like insulted when I listen to it or anything like that. John Popper Award. I think Little Differences has the best hook in it. There's a couple good hooks. You get Sky, you're going to get a good hook. I think Little Differences has a really, really good hook. Come on, Eileen. It's not their hook. Uh, I put <laughs> actually put Spam slash. Jesus Christ. The John Prine Best Lyric Award. Yeah. There's some good ones. And 
it's a non-relatable thing because there is a lot of feminine lyrics on here that I don't think I'm meant to understand. They're not for me. That doesn't mean they're not good. I do like blaming me for all your problems. If you'd stop complaining, you might solve them. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a great line. I said all of spam. It's made in Chernobyl spam. You can buy it at Bubble Spam. Eddie Van Halen Award. I did the intro to The World is New. It's just, it just comes in swinging and I really appreciate that. I really like the sax solo in Sorry My Friend. There's this really good tenor blast there. It's really well done. Uh, Surfer Rosa Award. I just think there's no congruence in this. There's like at least four songs on here that are exactly the same. I've never been this mean to you. I'm not being mean to you. I'm being mean to the album. Uh, it kind of had the same vibe all the way through. So I was happy. There wasn't a slow point for me. There wasn't a picky upper. I was very mean to 1989. I even remember. I passed out afterwards. You were very mean back. I think I blacked out. I remember remember re-listening to it and I was like, wow, I yelled a lot. (laughs) Um, Time of Your Life Award. What's the worst song on the Uh, album? Everything I Want to Be. I didn't love it. You should go listen to Shake It Off. Who wrote that one? Where were we? What are your three favorite songs? I didn't answer the Time of Your Life Award. You just sorry. Kinda, you hate the whole fucking album. What's the What's your least favorite song? For somebody that talks as much shit as you do, I was really expecting a little bit more back and forth. You, this is so not fun to just have you taking it. <laughs> it's been this like an hour fun. of you shitting on one of my favorite albums. I'm an asshole, but in like small bits. Come on, Eileen. Yeah. is my Time of Your Life. It's so it's bad. It's the worst. It's so unbelievably bad. Three best songs on the album. I'll go first. The World is New is my third favorite song. It's a great, it's a really good intro track. Uh, second one is Little Differences. Fun song, well-written. And number one, Rachel called it, Nobody But Me. Very good. She guessed my favorite song. All the absinthe right now. Drink it all. That shit's gone. Sorry. I needed the liquid courage to... I. So I know, and I'll probably edit this out, but people don't understand. I'm not actually a dick. That's what's funny about it is because people really do think you're an asshole and you're probably one of the nicest people ever. You're... You're nicer than Sven. Yeah, see, this is all getting edited out. I'm not... Evil, Evil, you don't know what's going on with Evil. You never know where his head's Also, do you feel like he just, like, picks really obscure stuff just to fuck with us? A little? For his favorite stuff or, like, oh, albums we missed. Oh, this weird underground metal thing that nobody has ever heard of, ever. No, that's him. He is a weird dude. That's why I love him. That's why we are all such a good foursome, whatever. Good mix. Yeah, mix is a way better word. You think there are too many arms and hands, but it actually works really well. Rachel, what are the three best songs on this album? Number three, Goodbye. Number two, Super Spy. Number one, Come On Eileen. Come On Eileen. Who won the album, Rachel? Every little girl that wanted to be um, a lead singer of a band. I said Monique Powell. Yep. Extremely cool gorgeous really really good vibe as a front person i I did i watched like a couple live things just to get a feel for it Mm. boy is it very very late 90s ska for sure which i'm not that's great live really is i will go first and we'll end on a positive note uh rating this album i gave it five out of ten pork pie hats it's not terrible it's just not good I know Rachel and her brother Vince are now going to find me and beat me up. He's close too. Uh, I probably just... Des- just a convenient drive south. He's in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be up there in August, okay. Vince. So I'll be with my grandma and my daughter. <laughs> if you decide if you want to beat me up, that's the time because I'm not going to fight back in front of them. <laughs>
Daddy, why is that man hitting you? <laughs> yeah. um, I deserved it, honey. I made fun of his music. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a 7 out of 10. Actually, I'm not that mad that you gave it a 5 out of 10. I thought you were going to be a lot meaner. Very, very similar. Every every song was very, very similar. And so that's why it kind of got a C. Yeah. Look, I spent the last hour shitting on this. Bottom line is, it's real musicians doing well with a great front person it doesn't deserve anything lower than a five out of 10 just because I hate it. That just means I'm an asshole. That doesn't mean they suck. Mm -hmm. That's the moral of that story. That's it for our two albums, Rachel. Yay. This one seemed to uh, kind of make you sad a little bit. I'm going to go try. I kind of thought you were going to think it was funny. I think I did take it too personally. I think I'm tired. God damn, this was longer than I thought it was going to take. That's what she said. Hey, oh, that was a good one. Good job, Rachel. Thank you. Join us next week. <laughs> I am all alone doing a, a DL Goes Dark episode, kind of. I am going to do a deep dive into Mark Lanigan, who passed away this year, uh, one of my favorite artists. There are not very many artists that are more DL than this guy, and so I needed to do a whole episode on him. Versecourseverse.com at versecourseverse pod. Like, do the things, add the things. Rachel, I will see you in a few weeks for our listener supported episode. Yep. Rachel, thank you. Thank you. Good night. I had a good time. And good and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I-